Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And you know what? It's no metaphor. It's no symbol. It's no motivational story or parable. All four Gospels give us an account of Jesus' resurrection from the dead. This really happened in history. We even have some sources outside the, the, the Bible that give us accounts, or at least references to this. Jesus physically rose in his body from the dead. And not only that, but he preached to the people. And there are some that even touched his nail and spear-pierced body. And that physical bodily resurrection is an important thing for us to think about this morning. It's because the salvation accomplished by God for us in Jesus is a salvation of body and soul. So to be redeemed by Christ from sin, death, and the devil means that our bodies will rise from the grave and we will be free from sin and all of its ramifications. And not only that, but it's greater and more glorious than we can even imagine as God will create a new heaven and a new earth. And that's what we think about this morning when we, when we proclaim that wonderful, victorious death has been defeated. Our lives here and now, though, are corrupted by sin and its wages. So even the best health or the best and most beautiful scene you have seen in your lives are not as God had intended and created it to be. Everything before the fall into sin was perfect and it was good. But we don't know in our lives what that was like. We're on this side of the fall. From the time of our conception, when our lives began, we've been under that curse of sin. We've been heading toward death. And that's all we know. That's all what we will know on this side of the grave. So as good as our lives may appear or we may think, it could always be better. And the sufferings of this world then teach us this. They show us that we have fallen short of God's glory. And that, yes, in our sin, we stand under God's judgment against it. For the Christian, we see that God uses these sufferings of this world as a discipline to teach us about these things, to lead us and drive us to repentance. We see that God's fatherly discipline is so that we do not trust in ourselves, trust in others, trust in the things of this world, Because God shows us that along with those things, the devil and our fallen flesh, they will fail us, they will fool us, and they will try to lead us into sin, despair, and other great shame and vices, which are contrary to who God is and the life that he gives. So life in this world is a life lived assailed by these things. So in sin, then, the whole world stands under God's judgment of condemnation. And that is a just judgment against sin. And no one is excluded. And all stand under this. But you see, this is where Jesus is the one who has saved us by his life, death, and resurrection. So God is the one then who takes all of this on himself. So the one who sits and judges the world is also the justifier of the one who has faith in him. 
And that's the great mystery that God would do this for us. And it's incomprehensible apart from faith worked by the Holy Spirit. On Good Friday, this really comes to a head as we hear of our Lord's passion. Taking upon himself our sin, which we rightly deserve to die for, he is the one who bears our iniquities physically on his body. He undergoes the suffering, the excruciating agony of the cross. And God's wrath is poured out on him, this one who was sinless, this one who committed no sin. The innocent one is the one declared guilty, the one offered up as a sacrifice to atone for the sin of the world. And his body, his physical body, bears those marks of our redemption. As Isaiah tells us, by his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed. And so our Lord hung there on the cross, dead, and was taken down and buried in a tomb. This morning we see this, and that it matters that Jesus is risen from the dead. God, through St. Paul, wrote, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God, because we testified about God, that he raised Christ whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. On this day, on this morning, we see all of this is been, has been completed. We see the sacrifice has been accomplished. It's been accepted in the, by the Father. And so this bodily resurrection of Jesus is that proclamation of amen. The risen Lord proclaims to you that you now stand righteous before the throne of God. And that now you no longer are under his condemnation. But you are at peace with the Father. His wrath no longer burns against you. For you have been reconciled by the blood of Christ. You've been shown mercy. And this is all given to you through the means of grace, the word and sacraments, and it's apprehended. Its benefits are received in faith. And that Jesus is risen means you have a future. It means you have a sure and certain hope of the life to come. And so it matters that Jesus is risen from the dead. Because if he didn't, we should just throw up our hands and give it up. Even as we think about an Easter with churches sitting empty. And pastors putting in the time to record services, organists playing, people singing. Us taking time to gather around in our homes. If Jesus is not raised from the dead, what's the point? But you see, St. Paul goes on. He says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. 
the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. And that's yours today, as you sit and hear what God says to you. So you look around this fallen world. You look at yourself according to God's holy law and you see your sin. You see what you deserve. But you see, looking to Christ, crucified and risen, you see and know and have something. You have life. Eternal life is yours, and it's not just some spiritual thing. It's not just some motivational thing to get you through the day. But Jesus has won and gives you real, physical, eternal life with the Lord and all of God's saints forever. And so for you, that means death has been defeated. And it has no claim over you. You're baptized into Christ, and his victory is your victory. Your body has been redeemed by God who made atonement for your sin. And where there is the forgiveness of sins, there is also life and salvation. Seeing the tomb empty, seeing the resurrection of Jesus, seeing him standing bodily before Mary in that reading from John, Jesus preaches all of this to you. And so you've been set free as a Christian. So now the world is viewed differently because you are in Christ. Easter changes everything. Because you see that the things of this world are temporary, but God's word is eternal. So as you go through this dying world, you're no longer slave to it, but you're a new creation in Christ who will not pass away. You know that as terrible as things may get here in this life, or even as good as they may be, your future glory is beyond compare. Those wonderful words in the hymn written by Paul Gerhardt, who knew a lot about what it means to suffer in this life and to suffer loss, to grieve, to undergo times of hardship. He sums it up nicely in, those, in stanza five. The world against me rages, its fury I disdain. Though bitter war it wages, its work is all in vain. My heart from care is free. No trouble troubles me. Misfortune now is play, and night is bright as day. What a boldness to say even misfortune is play. To live this life because Jesus is crucified and risen from the grave. So everything around you with all of its fury, with all of its suffering, with all of its misfortune, fixing your eyes on Christ crucified and risen, you shrug it off. Why? Because Jesus is risen and you know what you have in him. So even death for you is something to not be feared. Because you look at this day, this Easter morning, and even though, and and you see that just as the tomb couldn't hold Jesus, you know that it can't hold you either. Death has been overcome. Death has lost its sting. So when you face even your own death, 
and the death of a dear brother and sister in Christ, you mock it, and you say, what a wimp you are, death. What a total loser. You've lost. Because you see, the tomb of Christ is empty, and I'm covered with him who has done this, for I am baptized. And even though it may appear that I die, and I die in this world, I will live forever. And when my body is laid into the tomb, my soul goes to be with Jesus. And though my body may decay in its grave, God will raise me up on the last day to immortality. And like Job in my own flesh, I will see God face to face. So be silent, death. You've been conquered. Christ has done it. He has won. So dear brothers and sisters in Christ, what a day. Today we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and no one, no thing, no person, no government, no virus can stop that. The victory is yours, and that's an eternal victory in body and soul. What a joy this day. Awake your heart with gladness. Now after gloom comes, uh, now after gloom comes the gladness that Jesus is risen, because your son is forgiven and you are an heir of eternal life. The scriptures have been fulfilled. Jesus did it all just as he said he would. And even as he promises that you are his and you will be with him forever. So now you are safe. And you laugh to scorn sin, death, and hell. And death, death can't scare you. Because it's lost its sting, its power is gone. So even if you may look around you and you see death rearing its ugly head. Even if it may try to trick you into panic and thinking it has. And its, wor- its words... Its threats are empty and meaningless. Rejoice this day that the women and the disciples found the tomb empty and that Jesus appeared to them and spoke the word of peace. And now after he has risen and ascended into heaven, cling to him, your Lord who has done this and gives it all to you. See your body and know it has been redeemed by Christ. Know that it will be raised just as Jesus is. And know that one day you will see him face to face in the joys of paradise. The new heavens and earth forever. A glory beyond all compare. A glory that knows no end. An eternal Easter with our Lord forever. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen.